bitch, you need to hear this. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Bitch, You Need to Hear This with the bitchiest host in all of the land, Katie P. And I'm back with another fun episode this week, you guys. We're going to be doing money talk this week. I haven't had a money episode. But before I like dive into that and introduce you to our guest, sorry in advance to all my people that love my podcast voice. I'm like, battling something allergies something or other and i sound nasally as hell so if you're not from the midwest and you're like not used to a nasally accent as it is and then top it with being all congested like it's not a vibe it's not cute um but you know what i was not going to reschedule this because i think it's going to be a really great conversation and i'm so excited for this guest you guys i her and i go way back before we started recording i was like bitch like I, I, you and I met and we're different people. Like we're literally not the same. So I'm really excited to kind of have a conversation and reintroduce myself and her to you all. I have the Victoria Washington on the podcast today. <laughs> I cannot. This is great. <laughs> so you guys, I, so Victoria, formerly Tori was my old boss back when I lived in Chicago. So Victoria and I connected back in my grad school days. I like needed a side gig, you know, for a something to do, but also, you know, some money. And I ended up working at a yoga studio and I started there like a month, I think before you did, like before you mm -hmm. got hired in as manager and the manager before you was trash at her job and got fired. Um, and so then you kind of took over, but you were like in the, you were in the, the yoga six kind of world at that point. Mm -hmm. You, um, you were a teacher, you're a yoga teacher there. Yeah. And then you kind of, you worked your way up into the manager and you took over our, our little studio. I don't know. Like, I, I think like our first meeting together was a, I either scared the shit out of you or like forever, like made you laugh because when she met, she's just like, you know, a typical yogi and like a very typical yoga teacher. And that she's like, okay, like, you know what? I'm going to get all your guys. like love languages, but it wasn't love languages. It was like work language. What did or, I like, get? Oh my gosh. This is so fun to reminisce on. I actually don't remember. It was like, the, it, was, it wasn't the five love languages. It was like the five love languages, but for your like work style or like your I think it was like empowerment style. language like what how do you like to feel recognized yes 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 that's what it was yeah. thank you and I just I took I took the test like a good employee but I came into our office and I just like sat down never met her before and I'm like okay so like right off the bat like my language cert my empowerment language certainly is not is not words of affirmation do if you tell me I'm doing a good job like that's trash and you, you just like stare at me she was like, what the, who the fuck is this girl? <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I don't like that. Like, I was just so blunt and just so like, this is me. And you were just oh like, oh, God. I got my hands full. And you did indeed have your hands full. But we, you know, but it was such I a I loved you. I remember actually you being my ride or die. I remember Oh, no, that's, that's what lot. I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I was like, it's me and Katie against the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, 
like, I don't know. I just came to love working there. And it really was because of you, because I don't think I would have lasted there long had you not started there. And then literally, I don't know, maybe like a month or maybe, maybe four months tops after you left, I was out. (laughs) Like It just like, (laughs) wasn't, it just was, you created such a sacred space and like, it was a job, but it didn't feel like a job. And it was just such a fun fun time but I mean holy shit life changed really quickly after we both ended our you know Chicago yoga six days and you um we're gonna and you're gonna tell your story but essentially you guys like I told you the topic of today's episode is money and you're probably like how is your old yoga studio manager gonna talk to us about money I'm super confused (laughs) and you went from bankrupt to millionaire and what you know, billion, billion dollar business. And what you said, a year, two years, two and a half years. Yeah. Two, yeah. Two and a half years. You guys, like she was totally banked up. You were like selling your clothes and like, now yeah. you're like, you I know, was selling clothes on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, like literally. <laughs> and now you like, you have this million dollar business and yeah. your company and you are out here just, you know, inspiring the fuck out of people and people, you know, are like, want to hear what you have to say. And you know, you're, changing the lives of so many women. And so I want my listeners to like hear, hear this magical story because it is, you know, it is beautiful. So take me through that. Like, I mean, you can start it wherever you want, but you know, a Mm -hmm. little bit about what got you there to that being bankrupt in California. Yeah. Well, (laughs) after, after my yoga studio teaching, I, in managing, I ended up deciding to start my own business, which I knew I really wanted to do. I just didn't know what it was going to be. And at the time I was doing spiritual mentorship. I was teaching women about their sole purpose and primarily wanted to support women who were leaving a corporate career and entering into a job they loved. So it didn't need to be a a business, but something that they loved. And I went all in. So I ended up moving to California, I sold all my things to have enough cash to live there for at least like a month. And I was staying on my friend's couch at the time. And the plan was to get an apartment and start my business and be the successful person that did not happen. And within (laughs) very shortly after that, I ended up filing bankruptcy, but this was after a long year of really trying to get my business to work um, recovering from a tremendous separation, understanding who I was as a, as a woman on my own and really deciding, you know, what relationship I wanted to have with money. I never, I never stood on my own two feet and was completely financially. uh, I won't even say responsible. I'll say intelligent. Like nobody sat down and taught me financial intelligence and truly understanding how to make money, manage money, circulate it, be in a healthy relationship with it. So I was just in survival mode, like a lot of people have been and are. And I found myself in a really uncomfortable, not good situation with money. And I I chose to file bankruptcy. And that was at the end of 2018. And it was terrifying because bankruptcy comes with a slogan of shame and so much guilt. And we're told that debt is this. And if you if you go bankrupt, there's this and there's no recovery. And even my lawyer, I remember at the time, as much as he was supportive, 
he made it seem like he didn't want me to get my hopes up. Like there was going to be a long recovery ahead. And I just remember feeling in my body. I don't believe that. Like, this is not the end for me. This is not how this ends, but this is going to be the beginning of a really big story and a really big part of my life. And I think up until that point, I was in business and I was supporting people, but I didn't really take my business serious. And I didn't know what it meant to be the, the CEO of a company. I didn't know what, what it meant to really take my brand serious and, and move it forward into the world. So filing bankruptcy just emptied everything and gave me an opportunity to redesign my life. And I used it as a catalyst for everything that you see today. And I really allowed it to set me up for learning one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned. And at the end of the day, it was never about money. And it was really me learning how to value myself and how to value the resource that money plays in my life and how to trust myself to be someone in the world. Like I didn't have that. I went from my life seemingly falling apart to jumping into starting a business. And I know that a lot of people have found themselves in that transition of, I'm just going to go into the next thing, but there was no integration. There was no healing. There was no, I didn't understand what just happened. And so bankruptcy felt like my whole past, like smacked me in the face. And I sat down and I really had to look at, okay, who am I as a woman? Like, what am I doing right now? And how can I begin to truly value myself and all the resources that I touch? And that's when everything turned. And then it was like, boom. I mean, it, you, I mean, it did feel overnight <laughs> when you're watching yeah. it unfold, like on social media, but it wasn't overnight for you. And it was a ton of work. So what were you doing kind of like when you filed for bankruptcy? Like what were the like actionable things that you were doing to kind of keep that hope alive and that belief alive? Because when you have your lawyer telling you and your closest family members or friends or whatever people in your circle, like, like you're probably not going to come back from this or, or okay. Like, so you're bankrupt and now you're going to be a coach. Like, okay. (laughs) Like how did, how did you keep that belief alive for you? This is a really good question because it's not something that I really knew I was doing at the time. I was just truly living day by day and, and doing my best to stay above water because in an instant I could feel, you know, mentally out. And so every single day I remember hope was the the word. I wasn't trying to be in a good vibe. I wasn't trying to be in a good mood. I wasn't trying to be happy. That all felt so much like a stretch, but I was just trying to keep the hope alive. And I was doing my best to understand that this was not the end, that it was really the beginning reborn. It, it's, it was how it was always supposed to be. So for me, that looked like, I remember I had this app called um, Think Up, I believe it's called. I forget where I first heard of it, but you can basically record yourself saying affirmations. And I read somewhere that if you are hearing the affirmation with your own voice, your brain is like 10 times likely to remember it and feel it and believe it. I was like, okay. So I recorded all these uh, affirmations. And the first thing in the morning, I would wake up and listen. And they would be very simple things like, like money is coming or this is like, everything's be okay. Like just talking to myself on a daily basis and surrounding myself with things that could, that I could borrow evidence from because I didn't have any of my own. So where can I borrow evidence? Where can I borrow faith? Where can I borrow hope? Where can I continuously remind my brain that this is not the end? And so Every single day was really spent 
doing that and immersing myself in that. And I still, I can't even tell you, I can't tell you practically what I did because when I think back to that moment, I remember it was January of 2019, right after the bankruptcy had cleared. And by the grace of God, I had found someone in California who is still, I still am like, I can't believe that happened. She let me live in one of the rooms in her homes, but we had our like an underground lease. And that was because with bankruptcy, I could not get a lease anywhere in California. So to find somebody that would trust me to come in and pay rent with this like under the radar thing was like such a blessing. And she ended up being such a huge, huge part of my journey. And I remember that January in the room that I was staying in, I, I don't know how she kept going. I mean, it just was, it was a miracle to pay rent then. Like, I remember being like, okay, if I can get $1,100 as much as the room was, like, I'll be good. As long as I can pay rent, I can make $20 last for like weeks. Like you become so resourceful. But when I look back on me today, looking back at her, it takes conviction and passion to keep going. Not just hope, not just, you know, day to day. It takes having a dream so big that no matter what, you won't give up. And I remember that dream never went away. It, I still could see it. I could feel it. I could taste it. I could touch it. And my passion for it kept me going. Yeah. And I like too what you said earlier when, you know, when we were talking about hope originally, and it was like hope, hope was more realistic than happy. And I think what I, and just hearing you talk now, it's like, you just really leaned in. There wasn't, Mm -hmm. there wasn't a magical formula. Like, okay, do this list of things, check off all these boxes and it will all, that's it'll without a doubt work out as long as you follow this formula. But, and so it's hard even to look back and say, oh, that's what I did because you did it, but you did every day authentically lean in, you know, do all the things to affirm yourself and, and keep yourself mentally healthy. Because I mean, you know, people, I mean, money and bankruptcy is one of those things that that can drive people to do all kinds of things. And, mm-hmm. um, it does take a certain amount of strength and resiliency and conviction, like you said, to just allow yourself to lean in. And I think a lot of people in our society as a whole, when things are really hard, we, and we, we tend to run, right. We tend to run mm-hmm. back to whatever's comfortable and you just no ma- I mean, no matter how uncomfortable it got, you leaned in and you listened. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting too, because to speak about feeling, I remember telling myself, as long as I can feel this, then I can have what's on the other side of this. And I reminded myself each day to not go numb because when we go numb, we're out of the game. If I can't even, if I can't feel the sadness, then I can't feel the conviction that's going to walk me through it. If I can't feel the anger, I can't feel the passion. I can't feel the rage, then I can't feel the fury to keep going. So I really did let myself feel it all. And one of the mantras in my money membership is when you feel it all, you can have it all because then you're not, you're not working with just conditions. And I knew that on the other side of this, it was never going to be perfect. And I didn't want to get to the point where I needed something to be perfect in order to receive. I wanted to be an example of you can be messy and things will still work out. So those times were really, I mean, there were some days where I woke up crying. Like I'd have tears in my eyes, even as I opened them, like what the hell is going on? (laughs) And I just let myself cry and put on my things. And I just knew like, if I can feel this moment, 
then the moment on the other side of this is going to feel even greater, even bigger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, and that's, that's, it's remarkable and incredibly resilient, but you didn't start out your, so you became a, I mean, you're a coach. That's kind of where you found your, your success, but you didn't start out as like teaching women about financial abundance. You quickly, Mm -hmm. you quickly moved into that because I think that's where you find that is your niche now. But what did, I mean, what, what was your first kind of like inkling that you were like, things were starting to kind of pick up like when, you know, and you were starting to kind of build some momentum. I remember in 2019, I was at this psychic reading. I forget who it was with. It was like with a group and everybody could ask a question and I had asked, you know, what the fuck is going on? Question mark. And <laughs> she was like, and I remember she said to me, you have to start telling your whole story. And I said, what? Well, I do tell my story. She's like the parts that you're not telling. Cause I had never shared that I filed bankruptcy. That was still very much. So not something I was like publicly talking about online. And I go, okay. And so then it was the end of 2019 and I did a, um, I was a part of this organization and we were raising money for this cause. So I did this full moon ceremony all about wealth. Like I think it was a wealth frequency or something Mm -hmm. and all the proceeds went to this organization. So it just, it really was for me to just be in contribution. And I remember on that workshop, I did not plan to tell the story of bankruptcy, but for the first time I publicly shared the story of bankruptcy. And at that point we had just celebrated a six, our first six figure year. So within 12 months, we'd done our first six figure years. So, and it hit me in that workshop. I was like, something big is happening right now because the response I got from the people who were on, mind you, there was like five people on, but I remember teaching, like it was it was otherworldly what happened on that call. And I, it never left me. And so then I continued to just let it, let it come and let it unfold. I started to tell the story. I started to teach from that place. And I discovered that there's something here that I am sitting on and I'm not fully allowing it to take flight. And this was also around the same time that I was um, channeling my wealth embodiment flow practice that I now teach people today. So I was using this to to shape my life. Like there's no way in 12 months I could completely change my financial reality and then not tell everyone about it and teach it and share it and and give it. So it went from, I had to work through my own shame there. I had to work through my own stuff because I had a story that who's going to learn about money from somebody who filed bankruptcy. Um, What if that ruins my reputation, my credibility? So I had to move through that before I went public with it, but it became it became a monumental point of, of connection for my audience. And it, and it really showed them who I am. And I, I revealed a new aspect of my leadership in that moment. And that's when I noticed things started to pick up fast. Oh, and you lean into authenticity and you like bury your soul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like magic here. starts to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, and I've watched you do that. I'm not well, really not slowly. I mean, this has all happened very fast, but I watched you do that layer by layer and it's been fascinating to watch in real time. Oh my gosh. I mean, even your connection with spirituality and, and, and I mean, yoga and spirituality and yoga, like often really go hand in hand. And I, and yeah, I mean, you taught me a lot about that, mm-hmm. you know, even just b- before 
in the last lifetime that we met <laughs> but it literally feels like another lifetime truly yeah. i mean for you know so much has happened since that time but but i think you have really like taken some a lot of the i don't know skills and strategies that you taught you used as a yoga teacher and you implied it oh yeah to, you know you applied it to this practice i mean your wealth embodiment flow i mean it's you know it's a breath it's breath work it's you know it's it's a yo there's yoga elements totally you mm -hmm. know in that and it's and and it was and that was a passion of yours but now you've you know you've stepped into this like super authentic space of like this mm -hmm. is you know this is this is me. And, you know, and even like reclaiming your name and, and brand and, you know, rebranding and like all, just all the thing, every time I see you just continue to elevate and elevate and elevate. And it's just, it's been awesome. I mean, it's, you're, it's, it's honestly been inspiring. I mean, I remember like the beginning, I was like, she's, I, you know, and you weren't posting about it, but I, but I knew you well enough back then to be like, she's going through something. Mm -hmm. like, you know, like something is happening. Like, I mean, you know, when you were selling your clothes on Instagram, I was like, all right, like, is she okay? Something's happening. When you start to open up an Instagram clothing sale, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's like not good. what's happening. But also you made yeah. that huge move. I mean, you know, your relationships changed. I mean, like there was just so, I mean, not even like just financially, I mean, everything about your everything life changed. had changed. And this everything. was all before I was 30. So yeah. There is also that story of how did I, how did this happen before I'm even 30 years old? And then come to find out like three, three years later, which is like now, um, my mom had shared that she filed bankruptcy as well before she was 30. And that's when I really put the pieces together again, like there's been so many different confirmation points of this work around money is not about money. It's about the patterns that were passed down through our money lineage. It's about the bloodline and where our beliefs and our habits around spending and saving and all the projections have come from. So it's such a deep passion of mine because really what I'm teaching is not about money. I'm teaching about liberation and truly liberating not just yourself and your life, but those around you. Because as I've turned my life around, my relationships have changed. How I am with my parents have changed. That my standard of living, just everything elevates with it. And we we have to stop looking at money as just cash. And there's this shift in truly understanding your wealth identity and who you are in relationship with money. And that's, to me, the most exciting part of this work. Well, and I think, you know, that, <laughs> that leads me into it. That's a great segue because I think there's, when you were talking about your lineage and, and your money lineage and all these beliefs and systems that are passed down through generations, you know, it's just like society really perpetuates women, women having scarcity mindsets around money, you mm -hmm. know, like I, I forget who I was talking to about this, but there's this guy that I, that I used to know. And he had made a comment at one point to me, you know, well, women just don't like to talk about finances. They just don't care about money. They don't, you know, like that, that's just not a priority to them. And I, and it was like, excuse me, like, that's such an ant that that's what they, that's what the patriarchy wants us to believe, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, because, but I mean, it's just been in the last century that we were allowed to have bank accounts that yep. we were allowed to create any type of money or yeah. um, financial independence even. 
And I think a lot of the wounds from that lack of freedom, you know, and liberation continue, even Mm -hmm. if you're not like aware that it's impacting you. Yeah. And most people really aren't because our relationship with money doesn't live in our head. It lives in our body, which is why I have a movement practice. And we work with the breath and the body as the key to liberation, because there's things that your body remembers that your mind is not going to put in the forefront because our mind's primary function is to have us cross our T's and dot our I's and, you know, get through life in a logical way. Meanwhile, we're carrying these different weights and these different stories that are impacting our behavior with money. And if you look back in the last century, women's first, you know, warranted freedom with money was a credit card because after they decided that we could even have access to anything, there was the the thought that, well, money, women are only good at spending money. And then there came the whole perpetuated state of not knowing how to actually manage money and not understanding how to circulate it in this powerful way. So I think for a lot of people, once you start to go into this work, what I like to show them is the stories that may live in your body and how they impact your behaviors, but to not be shameful for them because they are your teachers. And for many of us, especially our generation, we've been past the torch to change the financial reality of our whole family and our whole bloodline. I really truly believe that. And once we look at it that way, it becomes less about, Oh, why did I get passed down this thing? Or even for me as a woman of color, like there's my own stuff around money that, that I get to move through. I could look at that as a burden, or I could look at that as such a powerful opportunity to create a financial revolution within this chapter of the earth. And then I see the process go from this dreadful thing of healing to this excitement of like, yes, let's do this. Let's change the face of wealth as the world knows it. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, and like, I don't know, you just have this like kind of, and you're also just a very eloquent speaker and writer also. So the way that mm-hmm. you portray some of these, you know, a lot, all your messaging, even, you know, through what you're, mar- you know, you're selling and marketing is just, it's like, I don't know, you just, you have this key that you're holding mm-hmm. and, you, and you're, and, and you're not just holding the key for yourself though. Like you've worked through this whole thing and now your passion is to, share this with other women. And and you really, I mean, now that, you know, I myself have gone into the world of coaching, there is a plethora of money and business coaches. It's like the coaching market is super saturated. You guys, if you're not familiar with it, I'm just going to tell you. And I had a, I had my, um, my really, my dating and relationship coach on the podcast, like a couple of months ago. And, and we talked about this. I talked about this with her too, is that like, the coaching market is so full of people that really truly just want to take your money and like, don't have any value to give you mm-hmm. and, or, or they just don't, or they, you know, they just don't, they haven't figured it out or, you know what I mean? Like they're just, they're regurgitating something that they learned from somebody else, but it's not really their authentic. It's not their authentic brand. Yeah. And, um, but I think for you and I, so my, I say all that to say is that now that I myself have gone into the world of coaching, like almost the, I'd say, I don't know, well over 75% of the coaches that like get marketed to me are business coaches, money coaches, and how to be, and coaches teaching coaches how to be coaches. <laughs> 
my friend has a joke where he's like, you coaches is teach coaches how to coach. Like he's yeah. always making fun well, of that. Yeah. Well, it's like the like MLM. It's like the MLM version of coaching where it's like, if you, if you take my program and I teach you how to become a coach and you give me thousands and thousands of dollars, you're going to make thousands of dollars. But it's like, no, it's just not how that's like classic MLM stuff, but you're, but you're, but the way that you've branded yourself. And I think why you've been so successful is that I think based on what I know about your processes and your offerings, it's very unique to you and your, Mm -hmm. and, and your own experiences and your own expertise. Yeah. You know, I actually don't associate all the way with the coaching industry. And I made that. I don't. Yeah. I, I, a while ago, but I also am, Here's the thing with the coaching industry. It's a billion dollar industry. It's projected to be a billion dollar, billions of dollars in an in industry. And I am saddened by the reputation that it holds. And I do my best to hold a higher vision for it. And I also know that anytime something gets as big as, as it is with the coaching industry, there's going to be some rotten apples and some messes to clean up. So I always just try to teach my clients, at least in my community, to be discerning and to really understand what it is you want support with so that you can bring somebody in that actually has the the wisdom and the ability to facilitate that experience for you. But I remember for me and my company and the House of We brand, I didn't want to just teach coaches. Our whole mission is to teach people how to have an elegant and and simple relationship with money. And because I'm an entrepreneur, it's especially exciting for me to teach entrepreneurs that, but notice I'm not saying coach because there's a difference between a coach and an entrepreneur. There's a difference between somebody who's using social media to sell something and someone who's running a company and changing the world. And we're going to see that distinction become more and more known. And we're going to see in corporate America, a lot more entrepreneurial spirits coming to the space because Not everybody wants to run their own company, but I do believe that our generation is full of innovators and these powerful creative people who have an entrepreneurial spirit and want to move society forward in a really cool way. And when those people have a powerful relationship with money, that's when shit gets done. So there's going to be coaches in my space and there's a ton of coaches in my space because by nature, that's, that's just what happens. But I... I really am holding the vision that the industry gets a different reputation. And I really hope that, that it turns around because it makes me really sad. I've heard that so many times that just so many people have gotten burned and it's, it's unfortunate. Well, it bums me out too. I mean, it's, well, it bums me out because I mostly, I don't know, I have great judgment of character, but, but all the coaches I've personally worked with, I'm like, this is amazing. And this is life changing. Um, and even can be, can be more effective than therapy, you know, depending (laughs) on what you're working on. So do you just describe yourself as an entrepreneur? Like, is that the way that you define yourself or how, and someone that has no idea what you do, Mm -hmm. if you don't say coaching, what do you say? I'm actually a business mentor and a creative director. So I work with, with brands and entrepreneurs and expanding their brand presence and really understanding how to build a name for themselves and have their name be known in the world. And I'm a business mentor. So I, you could be a coach and that is part of your business, but I love to work with entrepreneurs and mentoring them to create a business of liberation. One that has money circulating and 
most of the women that I work with want to make millions of dollars. They want to be a household name. They want to have a brand that makes a big global impact. And so I'm a mentor for those people. And at the end of the day, I really look at what I do as artistry. Every word I write, the way that we put our graphics together, the way that we tell stories. I think that that's what is the best part of this is I'm an artist and it's my it's my way to channel my art. And I just happen to use my voice and different visuals to make that known. And we work with the realm of money to create rapid transformation because money is so connected to the body and the nervous system and so many aspects of your life. So there's no way you can open up your money shadows and not also approach your worth, your creativity, your power, your past, your present, your future. So to me, it's a rocket ship of growth and that's why I choose it. And that's why we work with it so intimately. And I, you know, I watch you guys just got to highlight the creativity piece for Victoria because your visuals and just the way that, again, you creatively write and speak and, um, and I, I know I'm pretty sure you don't have, I, I'm pretty sure you, I'm sure you have a, by now, like a team of people that help you put all this stuff together and, and you've handpicked all those people and they do an amazing job, but, but also, I mean, it, it still remains your brand and your voice. And I, mm-hmm. and I feel that, you know, and, and everything that you publish and create, but I mean, you, I mean, you really are just elevating every time I see something new, like, I think you're launching something right now. Are you? Holy like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, and, and I'm like, Ooh, like, I mean, it's really good and it's re and it's really authentic, but it's like, damn, like for someone that doesn't have like a graphic design degree or like, you know, all these like, yeah, whatever. I mean, damn, you know, you're killing it. I really appreciate that. And my team, God bless them. I'm such a psychopath when it comes to the visuals. I still do all the visuals just because it's my thing, but I do have a team that helps with a lot of the other pieces. And we always laugh. Like I am such a, I notice every little thing, but I think of the greats. Like I think of the Steve jobs. I think of Jonathan Eves who designed Apple. Like they paid attention to the details and they paid attention to the things that everybody else was like, that doesn't matter. And I really believe that that's why my brand is not just seen, but it's felt when you look at it, because I pay attention to how every color is going to speak to you, how that looks and this looks. And I used to think and be afraid that that was like wasting time, but that's part of my magic signature. And it's part of what I love to help other entrepreneurs find because if we continue to imitate other people, we'll never innovate our own path. And that's what you're seeing a lot online is a lot of imitation, imitation, imitation versus like even this podcast, you're innovating this, this new way, even the way you introduce the podcast. I'm like, this is so Katie, like this is not imitating something else. It's really you just doing your thing. That's such a refreshing breath of air and God, it's like a gift, especially when you're just seeing the same stuff all day. And then all of a sudden somebody comes out with something that's like, wow, it's like, thank you. I just felt that. And so I really feel like our brand. And even if you're in corporate America and don't have your own business, you still have a brand and you have the power to, to touch people with it. And I think when it's used that way, we can do some really great things. So how do people work with you? Like, what are, like, what are you offering right now? It changes. Your offerings change all the time. You're not stagnant, really. I mean, there's, I, think you, I think you have like some like staples, but like, you're not stagnant. Okay. Like things are changing. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know of human design, but yes. I'm a manifest. 
I'm a manifester. And so routine and consistency, we don't know her. You don't do that. And <laughs> don't do that. I just <laughs> like, here's a new thing. But I do have stable. So I always have some sort of mid-level, um, I'm going to say mid-level, but some sort of program, a training program happening every other couple months. So you can find those on Instagram. I always announce them there on my email list. And then I have two larger masterminds that I work with entrepreneurs with throughout the year. And then we have my money membership, the house of we, which is um, the doorway to all the wealth work that we do. And that opens up three times a year. It is amazing. And now I'm, you know, ah, but I've always been told I've had an entrepreneurial spirit and I'm like, haha, okay. I'm going to like go work with kids. And now I'm like, just kidding. Um, you right. so do Katie, you're going <laughs> to rock it. I'm I know. Like, I know. Um, I well, I think that. that's why we work so well together because I had an entrepreneurial spirit and I knew how much freedom meant to you. And I remember when I worked with you, I was like, the moment she feels trapped, she's out. So she's got to feel literally, I remember yeah. like, she's got to feel like she can do what she wants and run her show. And it, it was, I felt the same way. So I really am not surprised that you're taking this. No, path. I mean, and my dad said the same thing. He's like, I tried to talk you out of your career choice because I knew that it wasn't going to be enough for you. You were going to feel <laughs> stagnant. You were going to feel trapped and you were all, you were going to want more. Yeah. And I've known that since you were a kid and it's like, well, no, you know, I, I mean, I'm young. I'm only 29. You know, it didn't take me that long to figure it out, but, and I know it's going to be magical. I have this thing. Right. And they, and you, and you had that feeling too. It's like, I'm holding this thing and I, I know that I can grow it to be however big I want it to be or however small I want it to be. And when you have, not everyone has that belief, like not, you know, not everyone, people have to work to that sometimes. Yeah. But when you have this really strong entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit, and you know, you're also like a little bit fucking crazy, like I am and just ready, like ready to, and you at, to a point to go balls to the wall and like, just, oh, I'm insane. Thing. you're insane. And that's why, and that's also why we got along. Cause we would just like yeah. be like cackling behind the desk and all the yoga students were like, I'm going to need you to chill out. This is supposed to be a chill environment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you're bringing this up because I I have this sneaking suspicion that every like great person who's doing really big things or is bringing an idea to life, you have to be kind of crazy and insane to to do what we do. Yeah. And so many people I can see they have that in them, but they won't let it out. And if they really just gave themselves permission to be insane, creative, innovative, like let's just let's break every rule. Let's bust out of the box. I, I would be so curious to see what our generation would look like and the ideas that would come to life. And if you're listening to this right now, like shake yourself up. Like there, I think that that insane energy is some of the most magical energy there is because you have to be somewhat insane to bring something new to the world and open up new doors for yourself and your life. In order to be elevated and next level, you got to kind of surrender to the power and the energy of that is literally insane. Um, mm -hmm. And since I've surrendered to that, the amount of chaos, not just, I mean, it's been chaotic, but it's also been very abundant. And yeah. I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful to continue to connect with like amazing people. And even the people I knew in the lifetime before, um, I can still, you know, pick up and, and laugh about, you know, all the silly, silly stuff that, you know, we did and all the growing pains and it's just, it's magical. And I'm so proud really of you. Is. I am so fucking proud of you. You are out there killing it. 
Oh my God. I'm equally proud of you. And right when you reached out to me about this, I just said yes, because there's something really special about an old world and a new world colliding. And I just mm-hmm. find this to be so magical and such evidence for people to see that it doesn't have to take a lifetime to change something. It doesn't have to take 10 years or 20 years to, to move a mountain. It, it really is just a choice in the middle of a really big dream. And I can see you making that. And I really appreciate you for recognizing all of what you've said today and me. Thank you, you guys. I hope that you're feeling inspired and hopeful. And if you're having some money drama, like the least you can do is just go follow Victoria on Instagram. And I guarantee you'll walk away feeling a little bit more inspired. I love that you just called it money drama because there's this (laughs) thing we do in the house of we where we get rid of our broke bitch energy, which just creates so much drama. It's like, can you calm down? (laughs) So it's funny that you just picked up on that. So we do deep work, but we also laugh a lot and just laugh at the the things that our head comes up with, which is really like all this money drama that we broke bitch energy. Well, this is bitching to hear this. So listen, my broke bitches. Okay. We're getting, (laughs) we're getting out of the energy. Okay. I brought Victoria here to tell you that there is a light and she is a light. And, Mm. um, if you're willing to look into harness, some of that bad bitch energy instead, find her. She is magic. I love it. All right, you guys, it's been another really good, great, fun episode. And I will see you next week for another inspiring story and a wonderful woman here to bear her soul and share her heart with us. Until next week, my friends, this has been Bitch, You Need to Hear This. (laughs) 